Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody with me, your host, Jackson Stone. This is episode 101 of the podcast. Holy cow, we have surpassed 100 episodes and I am very excited, very, very excited to be joined by my guest today, Jordan Pierre. That's me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I feel like this will be like the first time outside of a group hangout, uh, kind of loud noises surrounding us. Yeah. And we try to have some, and we've had some personal conversations. Yeah. Uh, and I've been around you quite a bit. That's why I asked you to be on this podcast. So, but really the whole goal of however long we talk is so that I can get to know you better. Awesome. And I think in the process of me getting to know you better, you'll share some stuff that a lot of people will probably need to hear or might be going through the exact same thing. I think that's really the point of these conversations, Um, at least for me, right? It's like the only time in my life where I actively get to sit down with someone and there's no distractions. Like my phone is away. I'm not doing, this is the most important thing that I'm doing for the next hour, hour and a half. And I feel like that's really cool because we don't get that a lot in our life. I don't know. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And and like you said, we've had conversations and like even in those group settings that have meant a lot to me Um, and being somebody who loves talking to people and getting to know them on a personal level, this is going to be great. And I hope I get to um, say things that can help somebody who might be going through the same thing or be beneficial in any kind of way. I think you will be. Yay. I think (laughs) So my first question, first and only question, which will lead to other questions and comments and stories, I'm sure, but it's the theme of this podcast. And so I hope you answer it honestly, hopefully, (laughs) if you want. But Jordan, today on june 8th 2022 how are you doing like uh for real for real for real for real i am i was looking for a word to like sum this up some very philosophical word but i think (laughs) the best way is just to describe it i am honestly the happiest i've ever been i feel very um i feel very grounded I feel very whole. I feel very honest. I feel very me. You know, I feel like when generally when people ask you, how are you doing? Um, it's just kind of like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm good. Or I felt like I've had to put on some form of performative answer yeah. for people. And this is the first time in my life when I genuinely can say, I am really good. I am really, really good. I've had um, the last week, month, honestly, two years since I moved down to Dallas have been a bit of a roller coaster, but it's really gotten me to this place where I am feeling very whole and confident in knowing exactly who I am. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think, and I'm so excited to like, be able to have this conversation at this point in time um, because I feel like, I'm at a place where I want to be my most honest self. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful answer. So there's, there was a lot of words there. Yeah. And I'd like to unpack each of them. Okay. Because I think they all mean something. And I feel like you're very intentional with the words you chose there. First one, being happy. Yeah. Happy is very interesting, I think. Yeah. Do you think so? Because I think it's like, it's a fleeting emotion for one, right? 
But our society has romanticized this idea of us always chasing happiness. Yeah. And it comes and goes in waves, I think, just like anything, right? Yeah. And so I think what's important about it is trying to figure out what you actually define as being happy. Yeah. And then that's something easier that you can obtain. Because if you were always just chasing this societal idea of happiness, but we don't know what that is for us, then we're endlessly chasing something that we might never attain. Absolutely. And that's really hard. Yeah. That, that makes you not happy, makes you less happy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I try to do things all the time that make me happy, like this podcast. But I'm more on the, I like to use the word joy more. I want to bring more joy into my life. Okay. Um, but why, why, uh, why are you the happiest you've ever been? Or what does that mean to you? Yeah, and I think you really hit it on the head of this idea of what happy looks like and what it should be. And I think I've always been trying to do that. And this is the first time where I really feel free and I'm doing more things that make me happy. Mm. You know, I am hanging out with people that I actually want to hang out with that are beneficial to my life. I am, you know, trying to exercise more. I definitely have ways to go, but <laughs> I am trying to do more, like the kind of exercises that I make me happy. I saw the weights happy. in your room. Oh, we could, we could, <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually rarely, rarely use it. The other day I had to dust it off and I was like, wait, I should really get in on this. But just, yeah, doing more things that make me happy. I have a dog that always makes me happy. Um, I have a job that I truly enjoy that I get to wake up every day. Sometimes waking up, it can be a bit of a struggle for it, but I never regret like logging on for it. And just living my life in a way that feels very real for me and doing things on a daily basis that feel very real for me and not for anybody else, not for what I feel like I should do or what I feel like is the most optimal thing for me to do. Um, it's just kind of breaking away from that. Uh, which has made me, and I think like you said, happy could be a fleeting emotion. But I think once you get to the point in your life or you're doing more things that feel honest to you, mm -hmm. there's kind of a bit of a, like a general sense of like a general foundation, I think of peace, yeah. of being at peace. I think maybe is a better way to describe it because then when you're at that level of peace, you know, it can kind of go up and down, sure. but you still kind of come back to that like, steady ground there and i think that's where i'm at at a more place of peace mm. yeah and you mentioned surrounding yourself with people that you can actually be yourself around yeah that's like i don't want to say it's the most important thing because that's i don't know if it is but it it definitely is one of the most important things yeah like Having people in your life that you feel like you can go to for anything, if you show up as yourself, they accept you fully. Uh, those things, have you found, you found those things when you moved to Dallas or you've always had those kinds of people or you feel like you have them more now? I think I have always had them. Um, I think the biggest regret that I have, and I try not to have too many, but one of the biggest regrets that I do have is not appreciating or realizing those people sooner in my life. Um, I feel like 
coming to Dallas helped me in realizing that. I just the other day I actually kind of did a bit of a sweep of my phone and my contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like scrolling through and you know, the thing when you're like looking for somebody's name, so you just start typing it and then like a bunch of names come up yeah. and I was like scrolling through at first and I was like, who are these people? <laughs> like I have some of those names I have not talked to in forever. Some of those names I haven't talked to in forever. Some of them I had just like one time randomly at a bar. Um, some of them have not, served me very well as a friendship or relationship in any type of way and some of them have just faded and you know fled and I think a lot of the times you know growing up and I did definitely want to get into this later is about my self-love and self-respect um and a lot of the times I I don't think I really had that growing up and you know It's still something I'm working on, Mm. but I don't think I really had that. So I was looking for it in other people, Mm. looking for it in any way that I could find it. Um, And that was leading to not being around people that were really true and honest to me, feeling like I had to be performative for them, feeling like I had to do what I had to do to fit in with those, that group of people or feeling like I had to, you know, do a, very different version of me when I would step out versus being in one social group versus being the other, you know, work to family, to home, to different people. You know, there's a term called code switching, Mm. which I felt like I could have been the name of my autobiography. I felt like I was doing it a lot. So I recently just got to a point where I took a evaluation of the people around me and the people who I was having more really honest conversations with who when I was hanging out with them, even just sober, <laughs> I would I could just be myself. Um, and thinking about that and saying, well, why would I want to keep hanging out with people who don't allow me to be myself? Right. Why would I want to keep hanging out with people where when, before I leave the house, I have to think about what I'm going to say to them. I have to put like an active effort. And when I say that, you know, some people think about like what their day might look like. No, like I would literally be in the mirror like, okay, I'm probably going to have this kind of conversation with somebody or I'm probably going to like talk like this. So I got to really think about this through. That's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's literally exhausting. Yes. Which is why I was late most of the time. I mean, I still am most of the time when going places, but it would add a lot of time. Um, and and just a lot of stress because I would always be thinking about, oh, well, did I say that thing right to that person? Or I wonder if they'll like me if I said it um, that way. But I realized that the people that truly make me happy for the most part or bring joy in my life are people that I don't need to do that with. Mm-hmm. The people that I don't need to think about it with because those people like me for exactly who I am. They accept me for who I am, and they don't want me to change. They don't want to see anything other than me be me. And I feel like realizing that is something I've been doing recently. Um, I've lost some friendships in my life because I wasn't always being the most honest version of myself. And that's probably another regret that I have. But, you know, right now I feel very content in the people that I'm surrounding myself with and knowing that they are truly here for me. Because the people who should be in your life, they don't want to see you fail. 
They don't want right. to see you fail. They don't want to see you do anything that makes you uncomfortable. They don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. They just want you to be you and be happy um, and be real and be honest. Um, so that's where I'm at now with the people I surround myself mm -hmm. with. And that is a perfect transition into the next word that you said, which was grounded. Yeah. So I feel like that has a lot to do with probably you feeling grounded in your life. Absolutely. I, um, so one thing I've been doing recently at the beginning of this year is going to therapy. Yeah. Um, I have found that it really works for me. I would recommend it to everybody, but I know that it doesn't always work for everybody. But for me, it really has been eye-opening. <laughs> I used to think that I had it really all together and I was on top of the world. And then I met my therapist and she real quick was just like, nah, come down. <laughs> like really, like I, I see it as almost like a structure, as like a building blocks that I was standing on. And I thought that it was very steady and I was good where I was. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case at all. It was not, a, there was no foundation to it. And I think that foundation is knowing who you are, knowing all parts of you, the good, the bad, the great, even the ugly, mm -hmm. um, and accepting it, understanding it, and working with it to be the best version of yourself. And I've never really taken the time to be really introspective and take time for myself in understanding myself. I think kind of like what I was saying before, always living for somebody else or doing what I felt like somebody else wanted me to do, that I didn't really have a form of self-identity. Mm. Um, and I've been working on that. I feel like I finally at least have a foundation, a solid foundation that I can build on to being the best version of me for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to define identity as uh, repeated beingness. And I think that's pretty cool because it's like, has nothing to do with your job or anything like that. Uh, Cause I come from like an athlete world. Yeah. So all athletes identify themselves as their sport. I am a baseball player. I am a soccer player. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Well, that may be something that you do actively or do really well, mm -hmm. but it's not your whole being. Exactly. Um, your identity is who you show up as, right? That's your identity. So for you, right, you're trying to show up as the best version of yourself. Um, and when I work with people, it's like getting to the, the nitty-gritty details about what their core values are. And then if you know your core values, then you can live and flourish through those values. Exactly. And then, you know, because we all have a starting point. Right. And we have to be very honest with that starting point. If I'm grumpy all the time, if I don't treat people well, I have to be honest with that. And because I can only work from that place. Right. And that's okay because we all have our faults. We all don't do things well. Yeah. Um, that's fine. It's part of being a great human. It's yeah. understanding that you make mistakes and no one's perfect and no one ever will be because it's just how it works. And so we can, we can show up as this A person or this B person, however you want to call him. And we're honest with our current circumstances, whatever they may be. And then we we have this version of ourselves, which we know is the best version of us. Yeah. We know it because we see it. We believe it. We have faith in that that person because we're committed to our future self, which I believe is the definition of self-love. Yeah. Commitment to our future self. And then every day we're just slowly closing that gap. 
Yes. Until more consistently we show up as the best version of ourselves. Not every single moment of every single day. No. But our best looks different all the time. If I've had a long week and a lot of things happen in my life, my pet is sick, my car got towed, all of these things happen to people all the time, then my best is getting a little little bit different because I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm not sure how things are going to get done, but I'm still trying. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful part of it all. Yeah. It's really putting in that effort towards it. And like, like you said, like bridging the gap towards that best self. But if you don't really believe in that, if you don't see it, if you're not honest about what that looks like with all the characteristics of yourself, you, you can never reach it. Right. That you're basically like, there's an analogy for this that I'm totally going to butcher, but just like building a bridge without like it connecting to anything. So yeah. it's just going to keep falling and right. falling. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably has led to your last word, which you said was whole, feeling whole. Yeah. I think in the idea of feeling whole, um, for me, I guess maybe I would juggle thinking about it more of whole with like honest. I think being my whole self is something I'm still working on. Mm. I am still building, I'm still growing and to like that really complete version of me. And I think it's a process that you're going to continuously go through throughout your life. Exactly. You don't, I I think you don't ever get exonerated from self-work. No, absolutely not. That's one of the big things about therapy is that um, people start doing work on their mental health and they think they do a little bit of work and then they're done forever. Well, no, new no. shit keeps happening every single day. Yeah. And you just, it's a constant. That's why you got to love the process of loving yourself. It's all process. Because some days, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to go today. You're like, I'm going to kill it. Other days, I'm like, mm. but we're still going to go after it. We're still going to try to get it done. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's, I, that's the beautiful part of life. Like, that's the, that could be the, what's the word? Hmm. That I mean, that could be, be the, the, the journey, you know, of life right there. Yeah. Um, I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. 101 episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> Still trying to figure it out over here. <laughs> um, Doing great. <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, like you said, that process of therapy or, like, going through life and growing, it's really about continuously growing mm-hmm. and not just stopping. I, um if I could share a small story, I, the other day, as much as you want, please. (laughs) I, um, I've been going to therapy about, about three months now, or maybe like four, actually since January, what month are we in? We're in June. What's that? Six, six months. in. Yeah. So almost half a year, about a half a year now. Um, and I caught myself the other day because I thought that, I was thinking about therapy wrong. I was thinking that you just work through those issues and then you're good. And I felt like maybe about like, I would say up until about a month ago, I was kind of living falsely because I was saying, oh, well, I went to therapy and I've like talked through all these things and I'm just like good now. So I'm just going to be happy all the time and just like love life all the time. And, you know, I would consider myself a happy person. I tried my best to be optimistic, but I, um, I had one night that I royally screwed up. (laughs) Um, and it really knocked me down. Um, and I said to myself, 
my God, I'm a terrible person. My God, I put someone in an uncomfortable position. My God, I look like a fool. Um, and I just wanted to curl in bed all day long. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And then I got up and I said, wait a minute. No, that's not, that's not how that works. That's not how we keep growing. We don't just like stop just because we failed one time. Um, in my work life, in my academic life, I never believed in that, that you just stop just because you failed one time. So why would I want to do that with myself mm -hmm. and my personal life? Um, so I took a day and I, what I really thought about and have been thinking about over the course of the last month is really thinking that that's, like I said, one, um, well, the biggest realization I had come from it was that I don't have a lot of self-love and self-respect. I, I don't, and I never really truly feel like I ever did genuinely have it. I felt like I was thinking I was getting it from other people and going through awards and like getting things, but I don't think it was genuine. And having that realization made me take a step back and say, okay, so how do we get there? Mm -hmm. And what felt like the best step for me was saying, this is who you are. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about, like we said, the good, the bad, the ugly, all those things, because they're a part of you. They're a part of who I am. And what I was doing before was saying, okay, these are my bad traits. I'm just gonna like put them under lock and key, not talk about them, put them in a vault. We're not gonna ever address them, but then, one night you go out and you take a tequila shot and it accidentally goes up your nose and you're like, oh, <laughs> that bad trait's coming out of there. You're getting messed up. Um, and it comes out, but it's like, it's not, you can't do that. You have to own it. You have to own who you are. You have to own every part of you. And I'm, a, if you know me, I'm a big fan of Scandal. I love Olivia Pope. She's great. The TV show Scandal? Yes! Yeah. Ah, it's the greatest thing in the world. Hopefully nobody comes to this video and says you're wrong. I'm going to have a problem with it, but no it's okay. Way. We have only, only quality comments. Good! Yeah. Fire! Uh, there's a quote that she says that I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. It's like, we know who we are. At the end of the day, we always know who we are and who we're always going to be. And when we stand in the sun, it shows through and we can't hide it. So it doesn't work to try to put those things to the back burner. It doesn't work to try and hide them. What I have found is owning and accepting them and saying, okay, how am I gonna work with them? How am I going to still try to be the best version of myself and understanding that these are parts of me that aren't always the greatest thing, but how can I work with it to still be my best self? And for me, that meant, you know, making sure I wasn't in situations that would bring out those kind of sides, understanding, okay, this can be a trigger for me. This is something that might just happen that br might bring out those bad qualities. How can I just like try to not put myself in that position so that we are in a space where it's coming out? So it's not just saying, oh no, I don't do that anymore. I'm not that kind of person anymore. It's like, no, it's still there, but I'm trying to not have it control me. Mm. I'm trying to not have it fully define me. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I've had to go through in that process of growing and learning and getting to that point of self-love is saying, like, 
you know, all those parts are about me, but I still love myself. I still, I, you know, feel like I'm in a place where at least I can look in the mirror and be proud of the person that's looking back at me. Um, I never used to do that. Oh my gosh, I would be in the mirror just like sucking in my gut or just like thinking, oh my gosh, if this was better or that was better or you messed up on this the other day. And it's just like, to have more love for yourself. You do have more respect for yourself. I would tell anybody that. I would tell you that. I would tell my friends that. So it's like, why not believe that for myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to see other people be happy. That's what brings me the most joy in my life, truthfully, is looking around and seeing my friends and the people around me be happy. But why was I never doing that for myself mm-hmm. and loving myself and being honest with myself? So it's been that kind of practice to help grow and be the best version of myself or working towards that. Did you did you start at a point of like self-hatred? Was it that was it that deep? Yeah. Yeah. Um so about oh my gosh, this seems crazy. Over a year ago, it was November of we're in twenty twenty two. Twenty no, twenty twenty. November of 2020, um, my godfather passed away. Um, And he was somebody who was always in my life. You know, as a kid, I used to just love when he'd come around. Um, And he passed away, and it affected me in a way that I didn't realize at first. Um, I had never really dealt with, like, a close personal death, death in my life. And when it happened, I felt like I was just kind of, you know, that night I was very sad. I I was crying a lot. I took the day off from work the next day, but I I kept trying to just like move on. And what I realized later on, like looking back, hindsight always being 2020, is that over time, I was just kind of giving up because I felt like, well, we're all just going to die in the end. So what's the point? I am never going to do anything that's special or important because he was in the army. He was a master general. And, you know, if if my family watches this, forgive me for messing up his titles. But um, I hope he forgets me. He just had a very high ranking in the military. He saved so many lives. And he really had an impact on the people around him. And I felt like I was never going to be able to do that. I didn't feel like my life mattered. And one day I, um, I was here in this apartment. I was had no plans that weekend. I was smoking a lot. Um, and I was just kind of, at first I caught myself, I was like, yeah, I'm just having like a chill, like wine and weed kind of day and just like drinking and just chilling, having like a me day. And that me day turned into way more than it should have been. Um, I remember at one point I felt like weirdly paralyzed, like I like couldn't move. Um, my arm was feeling kind of numb and I, I thought I was having like a heart attack. And... I immediately started to freak out because I was like, oh my gosh, like I should call somebody. Like I should call my friend and just like be on the phone with them or something. And I picked up my phone and then I immediately put it down um, because I just didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care if 
that was going to be my last day on earth. I didn't, I didn't feel like anybody else cared if they knew or if it happened. Um, I just did not care. Um, and because I just felt like, what difference does it make? What, what, what am I doing that's so special? What am I, who am I to keep trying and for what purpose? Um, and that was a real low for me. Um, very, very low. Um, I ended up being fine, thankfully. I talked to a friend the next day and I just was slow and I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was sitting in my apartment and it was like a long weekend too, which was not helpful because at least if I had work, I would have been able to focus on something else. But I was just sitting in my apartment all weekend long, just in complete darkness. My poor dog, she, I didn't even take her out. She just kept like shitting on the floor and that was gross. But, um, I just, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to see anybody. I just sat here and I did not want to move because it just felt like it did not matter. I, you know, even prior to that, I never really felt like, I always felt like I was performing for other people trying to matter. But I think in the back of my head, there was always a voice saying, you really don't. Um, and it really came to a head that night. So for me, it was calling my friend and talking to them and saying to myself, okay, let's take a step back. You know, the way I've always viewed my life is that I've always wanted to be exciting. I've always wanted to have this amazing life. I've always wanted to matter. And I've always felt like I didn't. So it was like a push and pull kind of bad effect that I was having where it was like two forces kind of knocking against each other. But the side that said you don't matter was always winning. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, maybe if I don't have the most extraordinary life in the world, if I'm not a mega millionaire, if I'm not Beyonce, if I'm not... Olivia Pope, if I'm not a million other things that a million other people are, I was still put on this earth for a reason. There are still people around me who would care. Um, and that was like really hard to think about or like accept because I'm also not a very braggy person. Um, and like going through therapy, my therapist has tried to encourage me to say like, oh no, you deserve this. Or like, you have these things. And I'm always like, that just sounds so like braggy to be like, you deserve that. Whoa, who are you? But I have people, I do have a life. I have a life that I am thankful for, um, that I have worked hard for. And in that moment and thinking about why I wouldn't want to just leave or just give up, it's because I've worked for it and there's still so much of it that I can live. I want to do that. I thought about my friends and my parents and my family who I just, all the good times that I've had with them and how they've supported me and helped me and, and 
I've thought about why would I want that to end, you know? I'm trying hard for it. It's an amazing feeling when I'm with it, when I'm in those moments. Maybe I need to work on just having that be more consistent and coming from me. Not just coming from an outside place, not just coming from somebody else, not just having people tell it, but truly believing it and not being in that space anymore. And even thinking about my godfather, I knew he wouldn't want that for me. He wouldn't just want me to just give up like that. Because he never did. Um, yeah, I just, um, I, going back to your original question, of, I have had a lot of self-hate. Um, that was one of the biggest moments that it came through. Um, but it's been consistent in most of my life. But I'm fighting really hard every day. Um, it's not a fight that I brag about very often. It's not one that I always talk about. I'm, thank you for giving me the space to talk about it here. Um, but it's something I'm fighting for because I know that I just think about the beauty that's in life, mm. the beauty of being able to get up and go to work and see people that I love, that there are many people who don't have that. And here I am with it. Why, why just give it up? Why just let it go? Why just, you know, not care about it? I don't want to do that anymore. And, and holding on to it and owning it and loving it, it also is about loving myself and living in those moments truthfully. So it's, I feel like the way I see it is just like a bunch of different like bubbles almost that come to this just like one circle, all these different aspects that have just made me work on wanting to find that true happiness within or that true place of fullness. Um, within myself. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a daily thing, like I said. And it's not something that, you know, like we said earlier, it's not something that you just do overnight. Right. It was something I was trying to just do overnight and be like, no, I'm going to be happy today. I'm just, you know, all the problems are just going to go away. Um, and it doesn't work like that. Mm. It's every day. I, I try not to always think about those kind of moments because for me, it, I feel like I'm somebody who's very susceptible to regressing um, and going back into that kind of hole. But I do like to reflect on them and think about the learning from them um, and think about not thinking about being in that place, but what, did, what can we learn from that place? and doing more of that, you know, in those times where I was self-hating, in those times where I wasn't loving who I was, learning from it. Okay, how, why did I not? What was, what was about those moments that were triggering for me? What was about those moments that were not making me feel like my best self? And now how can I get there? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, that's been a really big thing for me too lately is just learning and reflecting and thinking about those moments. Um, not just dwelling in them, not just saying, ah, oh, damn, you remember that one time back in like eighth grade when I just like butchered a test or like 
back in like sixth grade when I just like fell in front of everybody in the middle of the cafeteria and how much of a dumbass I looked like. Not saying that, but just saying like, okay, what did we learn from those moments? Who helped us in those moments? Yeah. Who was kind to us in those moments? How did I get bounced back from those moments? Taking that part of that. Yeah. First off, thank you for sharing. I am glad you're sitting here with me today. Thank to you. share your wisdom and grace and strength with anyone who watches or listens to this and with all the people that you come in contact with in your real life. So thank you, truly. I, I have some firsthand experience with what that darkness looks like. And to put it Quite frankly, it fucking sucks. Yeah. And it's really, really, really hard. Yeah. But it's also a true testament to the strength that you have to pull yourself out of that dark place. And that part of you, which is the, the real part of you, has to be rewarded and celebrated by yourself. Yeah. You know, yes, of course, we all have these these low points, um, but we, most of the time, God willing, we pull ourselves out. And doing that is the most amount of strength that a human being can have. Yeah. And that's quite special that we're capable of doing that. I love the way you put that up. It's a testament to our strength. I really am a believer that it's not about what we go through but it's about how we respond to it, mm. how we get back from it. You know, There are people who I've met in my life who have had some very, for lack of a better term, shitty situations. And I have seen how they've been able to bounce back and how much it speaks to their character. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that like, you know, we can really go through a lot of things. I think, I have been a little bit more fortunate than other people to not go through some very, very serious things that I've seen people go through. But I think it really speaks to who you are and how much you value yourself to try and get back from it, mm -hmm. um, to try and stand up um, and keep pushing forward. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it really fucking sucks. But it's, it's, and it sucks bouncing back it sucks being in it it sucks bouncing back from it it sucks trying to get out of it because mm -hmm. it's work that you have to put in um but i would well i was gonna say i would i would go through it all again to get to the place where i am but uh, actually i was gonna say no to that but now that i think about it that is something i don't regret is the things i have gone through because I know that they led to this point in my life where, like I said, I, I, I feel very, um, I feel very honest. I feel like I had to go through those bumps. Sometimes we have to go through adversity to stand up and understand who we are, mm -hmm. what we will and what we won't tolerate, what we stand for, our values, all those things. It's, the, it's that learning process. Um, and it really does suck and it can be hard work and i hope for anybody listening um 
if you're going through a tough time, if you are struggling to get through something, understand that it really is worth it to pull forward and it's worth it to learn about yourself and become a more honest version of yourself. It's, it's a fight, it's a struggle, and every day it can seem tough, but I feel it comfortable standing here saying, sitting here saying that it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And is that what led you into deciding to start therapy or what was that process like for you? I think it all kind of culminated to wanting to start therapy, but the thing that really like triggered it mm -hmm. was, um, it was like two things. I went to a friend's bachelorette party in Florida and it was, I was so happy to be there for her. She, I was so thankful that she invited me. Um, and she's one of my best friends. And I was excited to celebrate her, make sure she had a great weekend, make sure she was enjoying herself. Um, but it was a trip of about like 12 of us. I was the only guy. I was the only black guy. I was the only dark skinned black guy. <laughs> um, and all and while I wanted to celebrate her, I just that was just constantly in my head that was constantly like weighing over me. And it would there would be so many times where like I would like go to my own room or like be in the bathroom and it would just like it would just feel like this like cloud just hanging over me, just like almost like voices of like people are judging you. They don't really want you here. You know, just these negative thoughts consistently that were overing me that were, I feel like, kind of somewhat pulling me back from being able to fully enjoy that experience. Um, and I had to keep fighting because, like I said, she was my best friend and I was excited to be there and wanted to enjoy it. But that being over me of not feeling like I belonged there was something that really stuck with me. Um... After that, I, um, I'm not gonna go into that whole story, but I lost one of my uh, really, really close friends. Not lost, they're, they're still alive, but we just don't have a relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very messy situation that I was in, and I think both of those just made me realize that I am not valuing myself. I'm not, I am not living an honest life because I'm constantly thinking about these things. I'm constantly thinking about how I'm not worth it. I'm thinking about what people are saying. I'm thinking about, you know, how to make people happy and all these things rather than just like, just, just living, just being an honest version of me, knowing that my friend invited me on that trip because she wanted me there mm -hmm. and we were just there to have a good time. It didn't matter about race or anything like that or what anybody else was saying. It did not matter. So why was I letting it matter? With the situation with my other friend, I just was, I was just not being honest. I was not being an honest version of myself and all those things. And then thinking about, well, those other times in my life where it's happened, 
it came to head to for me to say, okay, I can't just be self-reflective anymore. It can't just be me. You know, I love going on walks. I love journaling. I love taking times for myself. But I need a little bit more than that. You know, I can't just be on the phone with my friends for like hours on end. You know, God bless them <laughs> for hearing me out through my ish. But um, I need like professional help. I need professional tools to um, help me really work through this yeah. and dive a little bit deeper in this. And it's, like I said, been very, very beneficial. Is there, well, I guess before I ask my question, I kind of want to explain for listeners what what therapy might be beneficial for. Uh, I think it's one of the best things is that it's a it's like a vacuum for you to share in a space non-judgmentally about things that are happening in your life. Absolutely. Another key point is that you don't have to be in a crisis to go to therapy. Um, and so those are important. So therapy is for anyone. Yeah. Just to help you deal with things that happen in your life, to be more resilient, to handle pressure better, to understand that stress can be good for you if you view it in the right way, how to have honest communication with your partner and your friends. Oh, of, preach on that part. Right? <laughs> All of those things are part of the tools that you learn in therapy. Most people go because they're dealing with something very serious and they want to address that serious thing and then they and then they end up finding it very beneficial and they work from there. And the idea of therapy, if like you have this line right here's zero it's like baseline mm -hmm. then you have plus five and you have minus five mm -hmm. most people go to therapy when they're at this minus five and they get themselves back to baseline and then they're done but you can get from baseline to optimal high functioning you can keep going you can Absolutely. keep going and going and going and that's not about being anything more than the best version of yourself like we've been talking about and so a lot of people started this negative part and they get to baseline and so baseline really is that you're able to function properly in the world. Right. Um, but there's more. Yeah. You can do more. You can not do more. I don't like to say that. You can be more. You can be more. I think that's a better better way of it because we're always trying to do, do, do in them. Yeah. We that do do, uh, do, do, do can be just really damaging. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that I, was, I just wanted to break that down for people who are, I mean, I talk about therapy a lot on this podcast because the theme is obviously mental health. Uh, and I'm a big proponent of it. It's one of the things we do at my nonprofit is get people signed up and we have a scholarship program and all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, so it's nice to hear from a, a real human, right? Because you, you see the ads online of all these stuff. And yeah. it's like, uh, it's like another commercial, right? Yeah. But you see a real person who's going to therapy, putting in the work, doesn't make anything perfect, but it does help improve your life just a tiny bit and that's all we can really ask for I think absolutely I would absolutely agree and uh, the one thing you definitely said that I also feel like it's important to know that if you're going to therapy it can't just be in those sessions mm -hmm. you have to take that work outside yeah because I've seen people go to therapy and they just are literally not developing like they're still stuck right. because it's you know, you can go and be in that space and talk about your what's going on in your life, and if your and your therapist gives you those tools to help you. But if you're not taking that outside, if you're not working on it consistently, just like you do with like you know, if you're trying to build muscle, like you can't just you know just go to the gym and sit there for like 
three hours, which, God, that sounds terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, work outside of that. Jeez. 45 minutes to 60 minutes at the gym is perfect. Yeah, that's cool, too. Um, no, yeah. No, We're six, going for a 10-minute walk. We could, yeah, you know, but it's, it's doing more than that. It's eating healthy. Right. It's, you know getting sleep it's all those same things like the same way you'd work in that regard is the same way you should do with therapy and your mental health and being better you have to take that work outside yes yeah yeah 100 actionable tools that you implement into your life yeah right the therapist can't do the work for you but she's giving you the tools for you to do the work yes and then you go and do it day by day step by step you know moment by moment 100 um did you, what kind, what service did you use to, to get your therapy? So I've been very fortunate through my company. Um, they have this uh, thing called EAP, Employee Assistance Program. Mm. So with it, I would say if anybody's watching, I would ask your human resources or your supervisor or anything if your company is able to do it. And what it does is it, you talk with somebody, you should have a very real conversation with the person who is an EAP rep about what you're going through, what is kind of going through your life. You don't have to divulge everything, but you should do your best to be honest so that they partner you with the right therapist, mm. either in your area or if you are looking virtually, it, it can be anywhere. But I think it's like if you're in like Texas, for example, like they could be anywhere in Texas right. or like in your state, um, but it can be virtual or in person. They partner you with them and they give you about six sessions free, like no charge, no nothing. And then based on your work with that therapist, they might recommend another two sessions on top of it. And then if you are enjoying your therapist and you've been enjoying the work, you can continue working with them. You'll have to then switch over to your insurance or paying out of pocket. Um, but that was such a great program and something I didn't know about because it was like what was in my head about therapy was the cost of it, yeah. you know? Um, and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to spend like $300 so like a session for like a good therapist. And I'm like, I want to get better, but I don't have $300. <laughs> Which then again, I mean, that's probably as much as I spend in a weekend on food and drinks. So I probably could have, you know, think about that, but that's separate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, knowing that that was something that was available to me was really great. A friend told me about it. I did it. I've been so thankful for my therapist. Um, another thing I would also recommend if you're able to kind of do a bit of research for yourself is the kind of therapy that would be beneficial yeah. to you. I did not know that, that there, I just thought it was just like, there was just general therapy. Um, but there's cognitive, there's, um, a bunch of other ones that are not coming to mind right now. Um, but there are different types for different, um, types of issues or different types of people. So if you can do that research, I highly recommend that too. Yes, yeah. Finding the therapist with the right fit is super important, mm -hmm. right? There's therapists that specialize in sexual abuse. Yeah. Right, so you wanna to go to someone who understands your situation. Yeah. Um, because therapy or mental health work is an interesting field because most of the people that get into it have a personal story to go with it or else you, because it's very hard to do this type of work because you're hearing people suffering all day. Yeah. And then there's that glimmer of light where you see people get better. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're going out there and you're doing it. And you don't really understand the downstream effects of 
that person that you help because they have loads of relationships now that are better for them and those people saw that and now it's like downstream, 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 down. It's like amazing work and usually that therapist or mental health or social worker or school counselor, whoever is doing this brilliant fucking work Mm -hmm. usually has a personal story to go with it and so not all the time but normally and so there's then therapists who get into a specialized field because they they have this connection they want to help people so it's like you know uh sexual abuse whether uh lgbtq right um absolutely all that stuff uh whether it's uh you know a a marriage counselor Mm -hmm. um you know all that stuff so they have a specific niche for what you're looking for if you're just looking for some general support on your life tools Um, also coaching is an option for that. Like if you're just trying to optimize your life, there's coaches for that. Yeah. So there's different spaces for what you're trying to accomplish in your life. Um, and it's important to try to find the right person. And if you do take medication, it's similar to medication as it's kind of like this trial and error process. Yeah. Right? If you go to a psychiatrist and they give you what they think is best for you, if you've reached that step, I think you should try a bunch of other things before you get to medication. But if you get to that step and it's right for you, and you're on this drug for a couple of weeks and it's not feeling, you got to kind of try it out. Yeah. And the same thing with a therapist. You try one session, you get to know each other, you get to know her, you kind of like her style, you don't like her style, you try one more session. Uh, so it can be very, very hard. Yeah. Because when you get to that point where you need it, you're struggling. And you're like, I need this fucking help now. Right. You have to, yeah. you have to be in like this committed stage to be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to do this for me. And then it starts to suck even more because then you start to become very aware of your inadequacies and what's troubling you. Yeah. So it gets even harder in like the first three or four weeks of the session. You're like, wow. And then it starts to finally get better. There's some relief. There's some like, okay, I got this. This is in my toolkit now. I can handle this. This I'm doing better. Wow. Oh, sweet. And then you just, you know, you start it, to pat yourself on the back and yeah. congratulate yourself. And like, and then it's like, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, thing that can happen in life where, you know, as humans, we're, we can do that. We're capable of that. You put it so eloquently and at the absolute best. And really that part about looking for the right therapist, it's almost kind of like dating or like skincare. Like you should really like try things out. And I was, and one thing with that EAP program was that they asked me what kind of therapist I was really looking for. And when I thought about it, it really, for me, was somebody who I really would feel comfortable with, with even though, you know, a therapist isn't a non-judgmental person, I felt like I would be in my head if it was somebody who, like, I didn't think I could relate to. Yeah. So for me, it was somebody who was of color, mm-hmm. understood racial issues, um, understood, you know, what that entails uh, for me, especially as a black man in Dallas, Texas, in just life or in general, that there's another layer to that. Um, the other layer was somebody who understood LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus issues. Yeah. Um, as a queer man, that was important for me in making sure that, because that comes with another layer of how you interact with people and the things that... Um, how you go through your daily life. So it's really about all those in finding the right person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you want to feel like they can relate to your circumstances, your environment, all of those things. And all of those two things have a deep impact on your mental health. And we can't just ignore those. Like, it's not just a psychological issue. There's a lot of practical issues that impact our mental health. Yeah. And we can't ignore those. Um, You know, unmet needs equal opportunity, things of that nature are 
wildly important to our psychological health, but they're like practical things that can be done in the real world and they would help us in our mind and our body and our brain respond better to those certain situations. And so we have to have a person who can relate to that, those circumstances and those environments. Absolutely. Can I ask how long have you been in therapy? How long have I been in therapy? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say? I'm flipping. Well, have you, you said you've gone through therapy. Oh, um, so when when my when my sister passed away, um, in September of 2018, I joined. I've never done one-on-one therapy, but I'm in, I've been in a support group, a suicide loss survivors support group for the last three and a half years. And uh, it's run by a therapist. There's like a group of like 10 of us. Yeah. Um, and that's been the mm, the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Because I was, you know, going through that with my sister, not really knowing what to do or how to respond to it. I knew I needed some sort of support system. And so I joined a group. And the group, exactly how you're saying, like being in a group full of people who know exactly how I feel. It makes um, makes a huge difference. Son were, had lost their siblings um, 10 years ago, four years ago, and they like, they knew what I was feeling. Guilt, shame, anger, pain, loss, uh, all of those things. They're like, yes, it's very normal. You're gonna go through this whole grieving process. It's never gonna end. You're never gonna move on, but you're gonna be able to move forward mm-hmm. with this and live a life of joy and fulfillment still, having this piece of you that always is there with your sister but knowing that love and hope and joy are still possible even with this loss. And that was a huge key for me. So I've been a big proponent of support groups. It's also why they're part of my nonprofit because uh, it has a personal touch for me. So I think getting people in a group is very powerful. You know, it doesn't have to be like this organized group setting, but just friends yeah. going on a trip to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, where it's <laughs> quiet. And yeah. all you can do is talk to each other. Yeah. That is a sen- that is in a sense a support group. Yeah. That is a support community. You know, it's it, it can be more beneficial if it's led by a professional, right? Yeah. You're gonna get to the root of some issues a little bit uh, better. But all of that stuff, community, you know, finding your people, all of those things uh, are, are what matters. And it doesn't really matter what your interest is. I use this example a lot. Like if you're really fucking into turtles. Mm-hmm. there's a group of people out there who also love that shit. Oh, yeah. And you should be part of that group of people exploring new turtles, making YouTube videos about it, having a community chat. Like, that's wickedly cool. There's and a lot be, of turtles, too. There's there a lot of different types of turtles. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be on different sides of the world and you have this, like, best homie and you guys just chat about turtles all day. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe then you meet up. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it's like a magical thing. But that's what community is about. Absolutely. Um, and we definitely need more of that in our world today. I would say with that, it's with finding that community, it's being honest with yourself mm-hmm. about what you enjoy, what your likes are. And then once you find that, uh, it, 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 like you said, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful, like surrounding yourself with people who have those shared experiences, who understand and feel you and you can lean on and get that support from. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. It is June. It's June. So it is Pride Month. It's Pride Month. You got this beautiful flag over here. I do. I, um, I, I We were talking about this earlier. I had a Pride party this past weekend and had just 
a lot going on. I'm sure if anybody who came to the party is maybe watching this right now, they're like, sure. whose apartment is that? I cleaned it. Oh gosh, there was just champagne all over the walls, rainbow everywhere. Um, yeah, I think, and I'm so glad that we're doing this now because, um, I would think when you originally asked me to be on the podcast and to do it on this day, I was like, oh shit, it's going to be after pride. I'm probably just going to be a blubbering mess, which has been the case in a lot of, um, since I started celebrating pride, um, and going is that, you know, pride the thing about Pride is, while it's a great time, no matter what city you are, all month long, um, that you can celebrate and be who you want to be, wear what you want to wear, do what you want to do, um, and it's it's almost just like a kind of party the, for the most of the month, I think the thing that I had to learn about Pride and really I hold with me now more than ever is what how it originally started. Mm. I'm gonna butcher the date, so bear with me, but it's, you know, how it came to fruition is in New York City a very long time ago, um, I believe in the 1970s, if I got the date wrong, please don't kill me, but um, a group of people at Stonewall, essentially they rose up and they said, we are no, no longer going to be treated differently because of who we are, because of how we were born, because of what we love. That's not something you can choose. It's, it's, it's not. You can try and fight it. You can try and tell yourself what you're going to love or who you should be. But it, it goes back to like we said, you are who you are. Yes. You know? And in the same way, that that group of people fought back. Many of them unfortunately lost their lives. There were consequences that followed after that. They still stood up and they said enough is enough. And for me, it's about remembering that in, especially now in working on myself and being a very honest version of you and saying that enough is enough of either blaming yourself, hurting yourself, feeling bad about yourself for who you are for me it was enough is enough of f like dwelling on my faults when these are all amazing parts of me my sexuality is a part of me my skin my eye all of it it's, it comes to be me and they're great so why fight it own it you know and taking that idea is something that I express with the people that were at the party that own who you are, love who you are, and also love people for who they are. Love people for who they, who, who they truly are. And if people are living their best lives and are trying to be an honest version of themselves, support that. Don't demean that. Don't hate that. Let it happen, you know? I think in the idea of growing and being a better version of ourselves, we have to put in that work. We have to put in that work to be the best version of ourselves. It, that carries on, and I think that same message transcends to a universal idea of to be the best world where we're loving and caring and working on each other, 
it's a responsibility on all of us to share that love and work on ourselves for a better future. Yeah. Um, so this pride for me was about celebrating, um, but it also was about recognizing that love and that work and wanting to carry that message forward and wanting to just revel in that part, you know? Not just being able to wear very short shorts to the club. Yeah, that's fun too. You but wear those all the time. I cannot do that. <laughs> I, I cannot do that. That was, they were fun, but you know. <laughs> Listen, Jordan, I used to wrestle in sparkly underwear. I went to that wrestling. Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. Don't worry. That was going to end with that. Uh, I wrestled in sparkly underwear with a pretend name on my butt. You can wear whatever the fuck you want. Okay? That's true. That's actually absolutely true. Oh I'll my. make you your own pair. Can I? sparkly underwear. I need to wear that on the last day of Pride. You wear boots that go up to about here. Oh, wow. All they're showing is some quad and some knee. I want, like, the full thigh well, highs, though. You can get the, boot, the higher boots. Okay. Yeah. I want, like, the short shorts with my name on the ass yeah. and then the high, thigh highs. Some biker shorts? Yes. That's no, right. shorter. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because I basically wore undies. Yeah. You want the undies. Let's send it. For sure. God gave me these great legs. I'm Those sorry quads. I'm covering them up right now with I these, these jeans. Pants, but so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be covering them up. I should have let them be free. But, you know, yeah. Um, that, that, that's just how I chose to, how I choose to celebrate Pride. I hope everybody, you know, you celebrate in the way that it matters most to you. But I think in taking a those themes, I hope those carry through for everybody of love and genuine self-acceptance. Um, it's something that I've been, like we have been talking about, I've been working on for the last half a year, so it really almost felt kind of like a culmination yeah. of everything um, this past weekend. And it was beautiful. It was, um, I think, going back to what we were discussing about being in a space with people who generally support me and people that I want to be around. I felt so thankful to you know, have a party and just have people around me that wanted nothing more from me than for me to be me. Um, I wish more of like my friends who are live further away from me could have been here, but being in that space was absolutely amazing. I think everybody who was in that space, everybody I've spent uh, almost like the last week or so with have just been beautiful people. And it's just reminded me how thankful I am to have that support system. And I think that's the other thing about it too, is that when you, you know, go out on Pride and you go to the clubs and the bars and you go to the parties. It's great to see, but there's also that thing in remembering that there are still people who don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, there are many people across the United States who, or even across the world who live in communities or areas that they can't be their most honest self, you know, whether that's just like their sexuality or other different facets of themselves they can't do that mm -hmm. because it they live in a terrible situation or they live around people who are not supportive so i think in that same idea as i was saying just like loving the people around you providing that support where you can that was important for me too so as much as i want to work on myself like i said seeing that joy in other people mm -hmm. really um makes a difference for me and makes me happy. So this weekend, I think seeing people just be themselves, my friends who are around me, who maybe it was their first pride and encouraging them to be themselves. Um, 
it's important and I hope we get to a place one day where everybody can be exactly who they are and can celebrate pride. Um, but I encourage anybody who is watching, um, if you're able to celebrate it, just give some form of consideration to the people who can't and you know, try and do what you can to support them in any way you can. Yeah. What, what would be something that you would want people to take with them outside when outside of Pride Month, when June is over, right? Because we have all these really great months. Mm -hmm. We have Mental Health Awareness Month. We have Suicide Prevention Month. Right. We have Pride Month. We have Black History Month. We have all these months. Right? But, then but then they just stop. But then it just stops. Yeah. Um, and that's where I have an issue with it. Um, because you see people on social media who do things for a month in a very performative manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the information they're putting out is good. Yeah. Right? So you can't fault that. No. I don't know their true intentions because I don't know them. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're whatever. That's not my place. I would be, that would be bad. Right? But I, I want people to understand that these things happen 12 months out of the year. Yeah. Right? Suicide prevention happens 12 months out of the year because people are constantly in are that having space suicidal that. ideation and suicidal intent. Yeah. You know, uh, Black History Month is not just one month for you to go tell your friend that you have a black friend. Like, that's the weirdest thing of all time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, just, yeah, no, this doesn't just, like, pop up, like, once a month. Yeah. It, oh, it, cool, it, man. It's nice. Yeah, just, like, that, like, February and February alone, just black. No, it, it's continuous. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I like that there is months, so it brings attention to a, a, a certain uh, subject that needs attention. Yeah. So it brings people's awareness back to it. But then we have to extend it out for 12 months. Or yeah. our li or daily lives, like make it important. So, in regards to Pride Month, because it is June, what would you like people to see, do moving forward, or what would be, you know, what would be something? Yeah, I um before I answer that, I will say that I have to fall on my own sword because I have been guilty of that myself. And you know, just Black History Month, wearing my dashiki, just during Pride Month, putting up a flag, yeah. and you know, being quote unquote being queer um i've learned how damaging that is for myself mm. in hiding that how genuinely honestly disrespectful it is to people who live their honest lives because the, those people who live their honest lives they live it 365 days out of the year yeah. It's a bit disrespectful to just be like, okay, I'm only going to turn it on for like one month and then just like walk away from it. So to answer your question of what you can do outside of that, um, I speak for Pride Month and this was something that came to me um, this past weekend is I would say, I'm going to talk to our to allies right now first. Um, if you're an ally, if you, as in you're somebody who does not identify as being part of the queer community or LGBTQIA+, keep learning, keep educating yourself, keep supporting, you know, the fight starts with us mm -hmm. or people who are in the queer community, but to be honest, it's elevated and kind of brought forth by people who aren't because in, in a lot of situations, those people are people in power. Those are people who have a little bit more say because they have a bit more privilege. Mm. So if you're an ally, 
support, learn. You don't have to, you know, run through the street with your flag in the air saying, I support the gays. That's great. Do that. That's awesome. But also listen, you know, read, educate yourselves. I think that's like the best thing and recognizing, you know, if you're in that month where you would be with your friend who's queer and you would stand up for them if somebody said something to them, do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Take that, it, it doesn't, like, them being queer is, like we just said, it, it's not just for that month or for that week or even for that weekend. It goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. So be a support system to them. Um, beyond that, I would say, actually, I, I would carry that message over to just everybody. Just always learning, always supporting, always being honest. If you're part of the queer community, don't do what I've done where, you know, it's just like, okay, I got a free pass to be queer for a day. I get a free pass to, you know, wear short shorts and look at guys. Like, be honest about who you are and what you love. And I have seen how being honest and doing that all the time can really support those who don't feel honest and don't feel like they can and seeing that, okay, it's not just during this month that you do that, but this is who you are all the time. You can also be honest with yourself all the time. Yeah. I think that's what I would say. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier about carrying that love and carrying that idea, just, I think, remembering the values of pride and somebody else might see pride in a different way or attribute different important values to it, but taking those values and living them every day. Love, self-acceptance, sharing the love. I think that's how you take it beyond. Yeah. I think that's how you have it every day because then you allow people to be who they are not just for a month a week or a weekend but all the time yeah yeah uh, yeah i agree yeah and so i would want to give out some resources right now if people are uh, trying to go learn more the the best one for people local to dallas is called dallas hope charities they do workshops um, um, they do food banks, they do uh, events, discussions, all of these things centered around LGBTQ youth um, expect, uh, with a focus preventing on them from being homeless or like they homeless in a sense like the, the where they were living didn't accept them for who they were or are, excuse me, and so they had to leave and then to be safe, right? They had to leave to be safe and so Dallas Hope Charities will find them a place to live, give them food, and then do workshops surrounding that and how people can be more aware of those situations. So that's what they do locally to Dallas. So if you're in Dallas, that's a great place. They have volunteer opportunities all the time. And then if you're looking for m bigger organizations, I'm sure everyone knows the Trevor Project is like the best one. And Human Rights Campaign is another one. And GLAAD is another one. Those are the three that I know off the top of my head. Uh, I work closely with Dallas Hope Charities. So if you need more information about that, the main person there is Sydney. She's like fucking absolute rock star. Um, and so, yeah, that would, that's what I would say to do. And then I also would like to give this stat out that I think is quite, um, can be, it's very profound. And it's from the Trevor Project. And they say that LGBTQ youth are 40% less likely to attempt a suicide 
if they have one person in their life who accepts them for who they are. So with what Jordan said and with that stat, I encourage you to go be that one person for someone in your life. That's f unbelievable. 40% less likely to try and end their own lives. Yeah. If one person just says, I accept you. I don't have to, f I don't have to know everything. Yeah. I don't have to completely understand because maybe you haven't shared, maybe you don't completely understand yet, but you know this is who you are. Yeah. And I say, I accept it, I love that. Let's move forward together. That's it, simple. That is. It's amazing. very hard, very hard, but simple and life-saving. Absolutely. And so I, I think that's important. I want to share that. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that you did. I actually did not know that, but I think I agree 100 thousand percent as much as I can just having that one friend and that one person really make that one person that you can be your complete and honest self mm -hmm. with it makes an impeccable difference yeah yeah is there anything you'd like to share else about uh, pride um or you or the challenges <laughs> you've experienced yeah I think um I think I just want to reiterate again how thankful I am to my friends, to you for having a space like this. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. To the friends I've made in Dallas who have been so supportive and have helped me learn about myself and be my own most honest self. Thank you to them. To the friends that I've had for years outside of Dallas that have always supported me and, and wanted the best for me. Two things I want to say, I'm sorry for not always seeing that in myself because I think that caused a lot of friction, a lot of loss of friendships um, because I didn't believe in myself and I'm sorry for not doing that sooner, but for the ones who have stayed with me, stuck with me, who still continue to support me, thank you. And um, I just, I feel really blessed to my family, to my loved ones. Um, I feel genuinely blessed um, to have the people in my life that I do. It, it, it's a genuine blessing. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to change any of them to the world. To my therapist, thank you for, <laughs> Ooh, child. <laughs> thank you for just everything. <laughs> She's just amazing. Um, thank you to her. Um, and I think I, um, I would say, like I said earlier, you know, I, I hope I was, I have been able to help somebody. I hope I was able to give some words of wisdom. Um, but I'm still on this journey for myself. I'm sure maybe if you ask me next week how I'm doing, I might just be like, Aaron, Brad. <laughs> I will ask you next week. Um, because it changes up every day, yeah. like you said. You know, happiness can definitely fluctuate. Um, but I think the best thing you can absolutely do for yourself is, I would say, one, start with being honest with yourself. Own yourself. Know who you are. Have that confidence in yourself and then work from there and work on building and being honest with yourself. I have found how being real with myself 
has really also helped me with my relationships with people right. and having honest conversations with people. Um, that's been really great. Um, it's helped me also realize like who are genuine people that I want to keep in my life because I feel like if someone's like a true friend, if someone who like knows your heart and appreciates you, you can have a very honest conversation with them about you know who they are, what you're seeing, like, and like have those kind of chats with them. Um, so you know, to anybody listening, I say really. I encourage you to be your honest self so that you can also be honest with the people around you too. It's, it, I have seen how like having that effective communication, honest communication really makes a difference for people and just leads to just more joy, just leads to more joy in the people around me. And, you know, my joy in myself intrinsically, joy for externally, it just, it really makes a difference. It does. It really starts with us and then transcending that outwards. It makes a massive difference. Yep. Yeah. All right, two final questions. Okay. One, you mentioned it earlier, but you went to your first professional wrestling show the other night. <laughs> Let me tell you this yes. right now. Tell us about there that. There is nothing, and I promise you, nothing funnier in my life for the rest of the Maybe, I don't know, maybe never say never, but at this point, there's been nothing funnier than watching a grown man get titty slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was hilarious. It was <laughs> so rude, but just so great. I, um... Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you for coming. That was my first professional wrestling match. It was on Diversity Day. I had such a great time. I had never really known wrestling culture except for maybe like the stereotypes around right. it. Uh, and to hear, when, to watch it was so entertaining and so exciting. I literally was gripping my seat. <laughs> I was like on the edge of my seat of how fun and great it was to watch. And also how much it means to people yeah. and how in that same idea of like pride and just having pride in yourself and being your whole self, how wrestling is such an outlet for people in being their most honest selves. Mm -hmm. You know, I was floored and blown away to hear the stories of the professional wrestlers that were there of their identities how wrestling saved them um how it made a difference for them i think that was amazing to see that to see the kids that were there who get excited about it to see the families coming to get it was just it was such an amazing event and i loved it let me know when the next one is. I thank you for having me. It was just, there's so much more to it. And I think it's in that same idea of just like being honest and being real and just living in joy. That's what that was. And that's why it was just so great. Amazing. I had so many people message me and be like, where are you and what are you doing? I was like, I'm having the greatest time. <laughs> I am having a great day. I learned about Diversity Day yeah. through that, which was a great learning. If you didn't know, I would highly encourage people to go and research it and know that I thought that 
you know, we all, in my life, I've celebrated diversity through school or in a professional setting, but knowing that this is an actual day that is instated and is global, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's amazing. so amazing. And seeing how different people celebrate that in their different avenues, I think is, it was great to see. Yes. It's fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you were there. I was so excited to see you. Uh, <laughs> it was great. And then yeah. sitting next to you, Watching the show happen was also a great joy for me. <laughs> when you had to literally unclutch my he, face. Jordan was, <laughs> there were the wrestlers, came, the wrestlers came outside the ring and Jordan was on the edge of his I just And his, I was sitting where he was next to him and he was clenched like this. And I just look over, I'm like, dude, like, bro, I was relax. like, what, what? Oh, <laughs> I'm red. <laughs> my head was It was like, awesome. Oh, that was, was so good. It was great. It was great. So if you're someone who has never seen professional wrestling live, go to a local show. Um, it's it's quite a magical experience. Yeah. And final question. Final question. I stole this from one of my favorite podcasters. His name's Tim Ferriss. You might have listened to his podcast. I have not. But he's he's like the original podcaster. But he okay. asked this question at the end of all of his guests. Okay. And I think it's a beautiful question. If you could put a billboard up anywhere in the world and millions of people would see it every single day, what would you put on that billboard? Oh... That's such a great question. Um, there's so many different things, but I think I would put a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Um, that has always kind of been significant to me is that take the first step in faith. Even if you can't see the whole staircase, just take the first step. I think for me that was that has led me to doing things that might have made me uncomfortable, to being in situations that might have have had to push the. And when I say uncomfortable, I mean like probably in the best way. Right, right, right. You know, breaking out of that like bubble or breaking out of my own barriers um, to you know maybe if it didn't work out, learning from it, um, being or leading to a situation that was amazing that. I still learn from, you know, I, what following that same mindset has led me to the mindset of moving away from like win lose mm -hmm. to win win. On one hand, you win, you, it go whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, whatever is going on, it could go exactly as you want it to, and it could be perfect in every way. Or the flip side, it might not, but you still win because you take a lesson from it. You get something out of it. You can learn from it and grow from it. But it's about taking that first step. Yeah. And taking that step in faith and just trusting yourself and going for it. I mean, I would not have ended up down here if I didn't take that first step in right. faith. Like, I moved down here with knowing absolutely no one. Well, with the exception of, like, my company and having that. But no direct immediate family, no immediate friends. And... Went for it. It was hard. It was challenging. It was um, this, when I first moved down here. I was like, "Why the hell did I do this? And why am I here? And why the hell is it so hot?" Um, but I will never regret moving down here. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, there, with the exception of a few very things, I've learned to not regret a lot in my life because it's led me to this point, and I'm so blessed to be in this point. Beautiful. Thank you. Can I give you a hug? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. Thank you for having this platform. Thank you. I hope for everybody watching that you enjoyed this. Um, yeah. That was an exceptional episode. Thank you. 101. 101. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to, yeah, say thank you. Thank you for showing up as you and talking to me and sharing personal details and all of that stuff. I probably would have had this conversation anyway. There's just like a camera now. Right. That's what I try to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so This is great. Next time I come over, I, w I won't bring the camera. That's fine. It's okay. But you have to bring a bottle of wine. Okay. That's mandatory. And I'll probably bring Reed too. Yay! Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I love Ree. <laughs> she's just great. Yes. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, really. Awesome. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. Please share this with a friend. Like it. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. But most importantly, acknowledge yourself. Choose to love yourself each day. And uh, I hope this message and this podcast finds you doing well. Please take good care of yourselves and others and lots of love. Cheers.